to the season finale of the RCP. As always, for the fans, by the fans, it's the final one of the season. It's the final time this season that I can say, Murray, how are you doing? I'm good, Harry. Um, yeah, I'm good. A bit emotional because it's the finale, but we're all good. How are you, Cam? Yeah, I'm I'm good. Um, yeah, the, the final episode of the season, again, it's going to be weird not recording weekly like this, yeah. but... Uh, we we do have content we do have content planned in between seasons, but we'll get on to that. Yeah. But carrying on as usual, obviously there's some rugby to cover, um, and you know we're both gentlemen. I'd like to say so, ladies first. And what a game it was! The Premier mm. 15's final, Gloucester versus Exeter Chiefs, absolute history made. Gloucester winning it for the first time, 34. 19 over previous champions Exeter. Mm-mm. Wow. We've never won we've never won the league. Have you not won it? Nope. We were going for the double. We were going oh, for the league. You, you you lost out to uh lost out to Saris, didn't you? Yep, that's it. Just wind me up one last time. Yeah, but Sorry. no, I, I was I, I, I thought you had won it, but uh but anyway, Gloucester winning it for the first time. So Gloucester are, are now better than Exeter. <laughs> Uh-huh. Anyways, I'll leave it to you to cover this uh, game, Murray, because you were there. I was there, yes. I left my, I left my house up in Scotland. At you left your country, morning. you went into the depths of England. Yeah. 4, 4 a.m. I left the house. Eight-hour eight hour drive. <laughs> you yeah. drove my bloody hell. I drove, yes, because... That was the cheapest way to do it. Fair enough. Wasn't the most fun, but I did it. And uh, you know what? Forget the result. One of the best atmospheres I've been to ever. King's right. Uh, first time ever in Gloucester, and King's home or Queen's home, sorry, as it got renamed for the week. Yes. Proper stadium, like it's not generic. You can tell it's been that way for a long time. And it's got great character around it. It has probably the most niche bar I've ever seen. I sent it to you on Snapchat. You did, yeah. Proper rugby bar. Love it. And it was, oh, it was just so yeah, good. It's all over the all over yeah. the walls. It was magic. And after the game, getting to proper meet and catch up with friends of the show who are now I always say friends for life but like they are friends, proper friends Laura Kramer, Love McGovern Sylvia Chirani, Kate Zachary Emily Scarrett Abby Fleming Cecilia Tupoto Alex Matthews, Adele McMahon, the list goes on it was just magic and you know what Gloucester bloody deserved to win they were right up for it, and they I are. Love the scoreline as well. It was, yeah, fifteen and, points. Yeah, yeah, it's very forward dominated though from Gloucester's end. Yeah, which was which was good. It was a, a proper clash of styles, which we kind of won in the final. To be fair, you so, go back to the start of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, would you have expected a final like this? 
a final like that with those teams. Yeah. 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 I I think very maybe not before the season started, but maybe like five rounds into the Premier 15s, like Gloucester were flying yeah. out of the games. And I think they actually only dropped off the top spot for one week. They like they have been in cruise control all season. And you know what? Hard work pays off. We've got friends of the show, like we've just said, down at Gloucester. Well done to them. They're deserving champions. Mo Hunt's last dance. Yep. What a send-off. One, one of our nominees for a player of the season. She didn't win it, though. She didn't win it. Did not. Actually, we'll get on to that later. But, no. um, yeah, and you actually you, you got a bit of a surprise treat. Uh, managed to weasel your way onto the pitch at the end. I did, yes. Our, our, our good friend, Laurie, she gave me the ticket. And I didn't think much of it. Went to go and see her at full time just to say, you know, thank you for the ticket, obviously. And one of the staff from Exeter Chiefs asked if I was Murray. I am indeed. She opened this, the gate and I was on the pitch at full time and got to get stuck in and have a full-blown conversation with Stuart Townsend, who plays for Exeter Chiefs and is also the partner of Nicola Friday. So, big Chiefs couple there. Love that. Yeah. Unfortunately, since Murray is so big time now, um, we, we can't afford to pay him for next season. So, we'll have to find another random Scottish man to uh, <laughs> fill in his spot. Um, but no, absolute scenes. Uh, what a final. Uh, almost 10,000, just under 10,000 attendants. Yep. Absolutely brilliant. Uh, we've been talking about the women's game growing all season. Uh, it's just been taking step up, step up, step up. Um, and a game like that to uh, finish it off with Gloucester winning it, uh, making history. Yeah, happy days. Very happy days. Overall, happy days, yeah. Overall, happy days. You'll get them next season, maybe. You know what? That's that's what a lot of the general sense... Like Once it calmed down a bit, obviously the emotion at full time, the girls were gutted. Obviously, any team in a final, if you get beat, you're gutted. Yeah. After that feeling, kind not went away, but kind of calmed down a bit, a lot of them were saying, sorry, we'll come back next year. So, you know what? I, I hope they do. And I promise all the Exeter girls, I will not leave it as long this time <laughs> to come down. You can't leave it to the very final game of the season next final, week. Yeah. But with that covered, We'll move mm-hmm. on um, to something that if you had put your money on it at the start of the season, well, you wouldn't be getting much in return because mm-hmm. they've done it seven times in a row. It's in their blood. It's what they do. The Super Rugby final was played. Crusaders versus Chiefs. The the, the hopes and the dreams of all neutrals watching, um, hoping the Chiefs could pull it off. But... The Crusaders just know how to win a final. It's, it's like you said, it's what they do. And what a send off for Scott Robinson. And the scary thing is, after seven titles in a row, he's now coaching the All Blacks. Yes, he now gets to pick all of the good players from the country. Yes. <laughs> Go over the game. 25 20 is the final score. It wasn't exactly a blowout. Um, yeah. 
I think what went wrong for the Chiefs was discipline. The penalty count, you're not going to win a final with three yellow cards. No. Uh, I think the, the killer blow was Sam Kane going off on 72 minutes, losing your captain. And, you know, Sam Kane's had a bit of stick, uh, especially in the international setup. People saying that uh, he's not an inter- international caliber player. He's not fit to captain the All Blacks. This season, he has. There must be something in the water in New Zealand because he has been on top form, one of the best loose forwards throughout the competition by far, and he's mm-hmm. he's really taken on that captaining role um, for the Chiefs. So to lose a figure like that, um, seventy-two minutes, so we're eight minutes to play. Um, yeah, that that was it, uh, mm-hmm. and it invites Cody Taylor to go over for a try one minute later. And Richie Moanga um, solidifying himself as the best fly half in in New Zealand. Oh, you mean currently? I was like... Currently the best fly half in New Zealand. No, no, not the best fly. He's not quite Dan Carter. Well, there was actually a debate about this I've seen online during the week. Is Richie Moanga a better crusader than Dan Carter? I'm like... No. <laughs> like, no. Who's won more titles? I want to say it probably is Richie, to be fair. Probably Richie, isn't it? Is I more long... to Scott Robertson as a coach than... I think definitely, Richie. but I think, you know, what a, good, what a good coach does is just bring out the best in his players. And... Also, Richie Mwanga's last stint in a Crusaders jersey. Yes, because he's away to uh, Japan. He is off to Japan. Um, yeah. I've Good. also found out from uh, Colin Slade, former All Black. Then yeah. I've just not out yet, but um, basically why a lot of players go over to Japan. Go on. So money, obviously, is a big factor. Is it because they're close enough to still be picked for the All Blacks or something like that? Nope. Nothing like that. I thought that was going to be the reason. Nope. Yeah, that's what I would have assumed because they're not too far away. So you're making more money. Yes. If you're an All Black, you're making more money. Sweet, sweet yen. Yeah. You're playing half the games at a lower competitiveness. I mean, we've said before, Bowden Barrett coming off the bench and scoring hat-tricks. They are making easy money and their body isn't getting nearly... No, because at the end of the day, they're playing against... Uh, Japan is, like it or not, whether or not they had a brilliant year in 2019, they have not carried on that form. I hate to say it because I love Japan. Um, They are still a tier two nation. Um, They they are. They are. I'm very confused at what comes under tier one like what what makes you tier one what makes you tier two because if it's game because if you're looking at rankings japan's tier one japan's 10th yeah italy's 14th but but italy got tier one the way i see it is it's tough because i see italy more deserved of tier one ranking than japan regardless of the uh, 2019 form I think if Italy played Japan right now, Italy would walk Japan over. Probably not, but I'm not saying Italy's 
tier two. I'm saying they're tier one. I'm just I don't understand what merits tier one and what merits a tier two. Yeah, but if we're looking at Japanese League One, yes, you've got a lot of big name players in that competition from overseas, but you also have a lot of young up and coming um, local talent who you put uh, a young Japanese lad just fresh out of academy against Richie Mwanga. Good luck. Exactly. But um, back back to Super Rugby. Mm. Absolute heartbreak for the Chiefs. Um, Is the Crusaders winning Super Rugby again? Is it bad for New Zealand rugby? Um... From New Zealand rugby, no, because you're getting finalists guaranteed. Yes, but when you have such dominance from one of your franchises, and we talk about the gap in um, quality and skill, let's say it, between the New Zealand franchises the and the Aussie franchises and also the two Pacific franchises now. Yeah you know, not only is there a gap there, but especially when it comes to playoffs, we saw what the Crusaders did to the Blues last mm-hmm. week. Yep. You know, one franchise just absolutely running riot. Seven seasons in a row is unheard of anywhere else. <laughs> Again, I don't know the ins and outs. So what I'm thinking, it's down to the coaching and the mentality around all that. Hundred percent. Because oh, if you I... take if you take players um, like a Bowden Barrett, a Caleb Clark, uh, Mark Talea, who I thought all played pretty poor in the semi final, and you put them in an all black setup with, say, Razor, mm-hmm. you know, the the, the the anyway, they're players that perform on the international setup under different coaching anyway. Yeah, but seven seasons in a row. It just, I don't know. It just feels like it's more around the aura of what Scott Robertson's built and his coaching staff. But so do you think Scott Robertson leaving now, do you think that's going to end the Crusaders' run? Yes. Purely because, and again, he could prove me wrong, the man they've brought in his win percentage in Super Rugby isn't even 30%. Mm. It's a massive drop. And there's people saying, oh, it's the right thing, it's the right choice. Is it? Again, in, terms, not- in terms of Super Rugby as a competition, I think the same team winning it seven seasons in a row absolutely kills the competition. Mm-hmm. It adds no suspense because it's gotten to the point now Yes, we were optimistic. We said, yeah, you know, the Chiefs have been on top form this season. Probably, well, the best team in the regular season. But as soon as you see Crusaders in a final, they have... Crusaders are the best team in the world when it comes to a final. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they do what Leinster wants to do. They do what Leinster wants to do. They do what Toulouse wants to do. Yes, I know Toulouse have won more titles in the top 14 than the Crusaders have won in Super Rugby, but I'm just but talking about... Being, 
here for a lot. Yeah, I, also I understand that. But I just want to look at their mainly their recent seven. See, I can't say that seven in a row in a row. Mm-hmm. Madness, and it's. it's it, I think uh, I said we said a couple of episodes ago that Scott Robertson going to the All Blacks is exciting because um, you know. World rugby is always stronger with a strong All Blacks team. I sorry, I'd like to correct myself from a minute ago. I said that Rob Penny, the Crusaders coach for next season, yeah, has a super rugby record under thirty percent. It's not super rugby. He's got twenty four percent as um, Waratah's head coach, but still isn't great. That's still not good. No, but. What I was saying is, you know, Scott Robson going to the All Blacks. World rugby is always better with a strong All Blacks team. But it is frightening with a coach of that calibre going to a team like that who have had a dip. You know, All Blacks are going to be ruthless, I think. If he can get the All Blacks to the same success that he's had at the Crusaders, and I'm hoping... He does a good reshuffle with the All Blacks. I think he will. Because, I, I will. you know, and I have I must say, you know, we, we were hyping up the uh, Crusaders a lot, but, uh, you know, key players for um, the Chiefs in this game, Sean Stevenson sort of putting his middle finger up to be putting on injury cover um, to the All Black squad. Um, Narawa. Absolutely on fire on the other side. Honestly, if it were to swing the other way, he would have been my player of the match. By far. He was absolutely everywhere. Mm-hmm. D-Mac, very classy. Unfortunately, just out outperformed by a Crusaders team and on the day, a better fly-off in Richie Moanga. Fair. But, yeah. I want to stick with, well, not with the game... More the aftermath of the game. Yes. Friend of the show. Friend of the show, yeah. Mm-hmm. was the ref. Um, and we've talked about this. Uh, I think it was Wayne Barnes who received um, after the Springbok versus France Autumn Nations game. Mm-hmm. Received some horrible comments on social media. Um and Ben O'Keefe, after this final, um, has had an absolute onslaught of, of hate from uh, uh, mainly Chiefs fans, I'd presume. I mean, I'm reading them now because Ben, very brave. He did. Sharing a lot of them. And get a grip. Get a grip. There's one. I'm not reading it all out because it is disgusting. But basically, it finishes with, I now have to change my firstborn's name. Yes, I saw that. Because of what you've done. Shut up! I think people forget that at its core, rugby is a game. We love it. We love it, yes. We love it, and we're passionate about it. And, you know, we would we would die, we'd go to our grave supporting our team forever and ever. But at the end of the day, a, a sports game does not warrant abuse on anybody. The result does not warrant abuse on anybody. 
you know the bit that broke that actually like kind of broke my heart a little bit because I'm not I'm not saying this as a podcast host. Obviously, we've spoke to Ben and we've got to know him personally. But the fact when he shared all that today on his Instagram, and in and in some of the description he's put, it's a sad reality that it doesn't affect him anymore. That's that's not right. The fact that he now like knows that's coming. I I will say that I think you know fair play to Ben for oh yeah not letting it affect him. At the end of the day, he knows and we all know, you know, that he is one of the best referees in the world. I've said it before. He's probably one of my favorite referees. I know a lot of people don't like him, but I think he's quite fair with the way he refs the game. Um, and I'm sorry, but people saying that he, you know, was paid by the Crusaders or whatnot. You, if you watch the game back, the Chiefs were conceding clear, blatant penalty after penalty after penalty. And when the Crusaders conceded penalties, Ben was hot on it. It's people. If you can't accept that your team were outclassed by or beaten and outclassed by a better team, you then look for excuses. Oh, this player was awful. No, he won't, well, he might have been, but there's 15 guys in that pitch. Well, it's 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 like, and I want to go back to Sam Kane when the All Blacks lost the uh, series to Ireland and then went to Nell Sprate and got uh, just embarrassed by the Springboks and people were after Sam Kane. And they were saying that him being the captain is one of the reasons why the All Blacks are playing terribly. Excuse me? How? No, I, like, the ones I don't get is, like, when people... I, I'm just... I'm not... I'm just making something up, like, hypothetically. If people blame, like, the second row, they're the reason we got beat. Well, wait a minute. Your fullback missed a tackle. That's why they got a try. Your fullback missed a tackle. Your fly half missed a kick. You know... All- all you either blame all 15 as a team or none at all. 100 percent And it's a team game. It's 15 not, men against 15 men. It's not exactly. in, it's not 15 individuals against 15. Do it's not 15. blame the referee. The only time you can really blame the referee is when it is like ridiculously obvious that something's went wrong. And I wouldn't say what well, I I watched that game. Um obviously before the fallout, I watched that game and I thought. Yeah, the Chiefs are absolutely bottling it. I yeah. thought that with not even taking into account uh, Ben's refereeing. You know, I could see clear as day. I'm not a referee. I know the no. rules better than the average person, but that mm. just allows me to say, yeah, that's a penalty. Exactly. It is what it is. And it's the unfortunate reality of, of modern day sport. Um, like we said, you know, very, well done to Ben for essentially calling it out. And mm-hmm. I think his attitude to not let it affect him, as sad as it may be, I think is the right way to go. Don't let it affect you. Um, Big C is going to be one of the key uh, key referees going into the Rugby Championship and into the World Cup. So... Don't know, worry. He might, he, might, he might just cost your, cu- your country in spite. No, he won't. He's a good referee. He's a professional. But I'm just saying. That's what some people will think. Probably. But we'll move on. Thank you. We had another <laughs> final, um, the Curry Cup final. 
Oh, no. Why do you always do this? Why do I, you... I, it's because I don't watch it. That's the only reason. It's I like, know you don't watch it, but I love the Curry Cup. And the Cheetahs versus the Pumas, the Battle of the Big Cats, 25-17 for the boys from Bloemfontein. What a performance from the Cheetahs. Uh, Ruan uh, Pinar, wow. Somebody. The man Ruan is, what is he, 39? Um, yeah. 38, 39, and he is possibly on the form of his life. I find it impossible to fathom how he's only had two caps for the Springboks. Two. Yes, 39, yeah. It's, it's crazy. And in fact, on uh, Springbok forums and everything, I've seen people saying Ruan Pina as the um, Springbok bolter for the World Cup. And you know, okay. I wouldn't be mad because if I had if I had Ruan on the pitch as my fly off in a World Cup final, for, you know, I'd happy days. Because that's that out and out fly off happy days. He's been there, he's done that. Manny LeBoc, he's he's won a URC title. You know, not quite the same. And <laughs> now we've got Elton Yankees, um, who listen. I, I've said it before, Elton's one of those players who can step onto the pitch and have an absolutely brilliant performance. Uh, I go back to the final game of the Rugby Championship two years ago now when we beat the All Blacks uh, and Elton played a vital ro uh, role in that last 20 minutes. But then other games, he can have an absolute howler and you think he shouldn't even be playing varsity cup level rugby. But... Yeah, 25-17. Uh, the reigning champions, Pumas, have been dethroned after their first ever Curry Cup victory last season. Um, the Cheetahs, who finished the regular season um, top of the table, uh, finished by winning the competition. And a little running joke, I suppose, um, with Springbok fans, is every time um, the Cheetahs win... Uh, a curry cup in world cup in a world cup year the springboks go on to win the world cup um that same year Tw uh, 2007 the cheetahs won the curry cup springboks won the world cup 2019 cheetahs won springboks won i'm just saying it's the stars are aligning yeah. but i you're, will go you're on setting them up for failure no we're we're, we're taking it home but i will say um, the the Pumas don't Sorry, laugh God. at that. You're a Scotland fan. You have no right to laugh. Wow! <laughs> save, that. save that for season four. The salt. Um, I will go on to the Pumas though because they are a team who only compete in the Curry Cup. Um, people have been saying, listen, the Pumas need to be competing in some sort of competition higher than this. The Cheetahs were an invitational team in uh, the Challenge Cup last season. There's now yep. two invitational spots. Um, do I think both South African teams are going to fill them? I hope not, because I'd like to see uh, another European team, maybe a team from Georgia. Uh, something like that would be interesting. But I think at some point the Pumas are should be in with an opportunity to take their rugby to a higher level. People have been saying ditch the Lions from the URC and add the Pumas, absolutely not. Don't do that. Don't, no, don't switch out the Lions. Don't but do key players from the Pumas I just want to mention, uh, 
players that have shone over the last two seasons, but especially this season, Tinas oh. De Beer, an absolute out, outstanding fly half. I hope that one day he gets recognised on the international level because he is, in my opinion, one of the best fly-offs in South Africa. And I'm talking you all competitions. He is something else. His game management is exceptional. His ability to run the ball himself, hit the line, tackle defensive. He's the perfect fly half in my eyes, the perfect South African fly half. And then at fullback, uh, Devin Williams, the absolute bolter um, for the Pumas in, you know, the fullback position. He is just a try scoring machine and hell of a boot on him can also take on a bit of that game management uh, role it reminds me a bit of an Andre Pollard-Villy LaRue dynamic with those two playing for the Pumas because, honestly, they work so well together. But both of these players, if they're not picked up by bigger teams like the Bulls, Stormers, Sharks, mm-hmm. and given the opportunity on a bigger stage, someone give them the opportunity in the international team because we're looking for a fly-off. Look no further than a Ruan Pinar, a Tinas De Beer. You know, and take take the talent that have shone through in our in our own domestic competition. There you go. That's what it should be for. Yes. Um, we'll that. move on because just quickly a brief outlook. Obviously, we we're not going to be covering this fully because the season finale is today. But um, the under twenties World Championship started today. Um, in South, uh, well, not started today, started this weekend um, in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the teams included are Argentina, Italy, England, Ireland, France, Japan, Wales, New Zealand, Australia, Fiji, South Africa, of course, the hosts, and Georgia. And mm. we had some very interesting games. Uh, I actually caught the tail end of the uh, England Ireland game and I watched the South Africa Georgia game. But Argent, we'll start with the first game, Argentina versus Italy, 43-15 for the Argentinians. Yeah, yeah. Absolute was... demolishing. England versus Ireland. This was a taste of ends in a draw, 34-34. What, what a game. An absolute mm. arm wrestle and the truest definition of an arm wrestle where it ends with a draw. And we don't like draws here, but I think mm. that one was fitting of a draw. On to the other end of the scales, France versus Japan, 75-12 to the French. Ouch. That's if, you, if you saw the clips of uh, the two teams in the tunnel before the game, the, oh. the French, the young French lads were absolutely giving the stare of death to that poor Japanese team. And they just unleashed their fury uh, on the pitch and produced a result like this. Now, the next result could have gone very differently. New Zealand versus Wales, 27-26. There is hope for Welsh rugby because the Welsh boys put on a hell of a performance against the Kiwis and came so, so close to a historic victory. I say unfortunately, I'm a neutral, but unfortunately for the Welsh lads, um, the Kiwis steal it with a, a single point. Another good game, Australia versus Fiji, 46-37. 
Um, the Fijians well up for it, but the Aussies just proving too good. And Do you know then they were older than all of them. Sorry? Do you not think it's frightening that like, like it we're frightens older. me that I'm old, I'm three years older than all of them, or no. even more than three years for some of them. Yeah, yet they all look like they could be my father. Yeah, speaking of like, some of the boys on the pitch, some of the Georgian lads, some of the French <laughs> lads, some of the Argentinian lads with full grown yeah. beards, and they look like they're in their mid 30s, been married for 15, 15 years. <laughs> I said mid 30s. All right. Been married for 10 years, let's say, and have a family of three children. It's scary. Yeah, I've seen the old blacks, well, the under 20s, do the hacker, and I'm saying, like, there is no way I'm older than all of you. It's disgusting that how how massive some of those young lads are. When I when I was 18, 19, even 20, I was a stick figure. I was I was bigger. I'm I was fat. I was okay at 18. It was 14, I was a stick, and then I got too comfy getting big. And then yes, we are we are the true image of a man. You know what? I work hard for this. Yeah. It's hard <laughs> to maintain this physique. I'm but, not here. Uh, <laughs> I said I'm not here. I'm sorry. On to the, uh, the final game into <laughs> the under 20s. Uh, the, the baby box get a win over Georgia in uh, a tightly fought game 33 23. The Georgians were well up for it after. Um, uh, some previous results beating England uh, twice, I believe, you know, they have been on some brilliant form and they showed up uh, and put a good performance on against the host, but the baby box did, did us proud. And the under 20 championship is coming home just like it did in 2012. Oh, back up. when, back when Andre Pollard and Jesse Creel were playing it. Oh, what a team it was. Oh, shush. But we're taking that home as well. Right. Yeah. You can um, take one or the other. You're not getting both. What? I'll I'll take the World Cup. Thank you. The the big... That's correct choice. Yes. Go. Um, we'll go on to some quick news. I have one piece of news I want to talk about, and I don't know if you have another one. We haven't really prepared this, but we uh, talked about this in our group chat earlier today. Ken mm. Owens. Yes, that's another one from Wales. Yeah, another blow for Wales as Ken Owens has been oh. out of the World Cup uh, due to his uh, inability to recover from, uh, what was it, a neck injury? Back injury, yeah. A back injury, that's it. Um, he's, you know, his road to recovery will mean that he is out of the World Cup and I was talking about this to uh, one of the older boys in my local shop. Um, and he was saying he's worried about the lack of experience now going in, going into that World Cup, having lost um, three previous captains in Alwyn Jones, Justin Tipperick and Ken Owens. And uh, probably the on-form scrum half in Reese Webb. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, what I don't I, know. What, I I do not know what is going on. On the plus side, it gives youngsters. I think a this is like a player like a Ryan Elias, 
I think this is his World Cup to show himself. Listen, I honestly, if I'm being completely brutal, mm. I, 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 I can't see Wales making it out of the group. No, no fan. Well, just sticking with Wales, right? Just for what you said, there is now a starting fifteen you could that is named for Wales that will not be at this World Cup for whatever reason. But I will tell you, fifteen is mad. Full 15, and it's not the best, obviously, but it's fairly strong. And I'm going to rattle it off, and you can tell me why they're not going. See how well you've been paying attention. So, not very well, to be honest. Reese Kerr. Uh, he was said that he was too fat. Pretty much. Ken Owens, I just said it. So, yes. Will Davis King. The target drop. He was injured, apparently, last in the build up. Didn't think he was going to make it, but okay. No, he wouldn't have been on my uh, team sheet for the World Cup anyway. Will Rollins? Will Rollins is out. Playing his club rugby in France. He's not, he, he's going to, he's signed for Rasson. He can't that play. That is a massive blow because Will Rollins for me was a, an absolute standout of, I'm not too sure how young he is. I think he's on the older end of the scale, but an absolute standout figure, the player that I thought, yes, this guy, absolute workhorse, can fill Alan Wynne Jones's boots. So that's gonna that's gonna be a massive loss for Wales going into this World Cup. Bigger then, than Alan Wynne Jones, I'd say. Well, Alan Wynne Jones is obviously the Alan Wynne Jones obviously out as well. Retirement, yes. Uh, Corey Hill. Corey Hill's out as well. Injury. Is decided not to participate in the Rugby World Cup, prioritising other commitments over international duty. His ability to cover a lock and back row would have been hugely useful. I was going to say, because he's more of a utility forward, and Wales need Wales need everything they can get right now. You want to keep chucking names at you? Justin Tipperick? Retired. Mm-hmm. Which, that was a mad one for me. I couldn't believe, I, I could understand Alan Jones retiring. But yeah. I couldn't believe it when I saw Justin Tipperick retired. I couldn't believe it. Ross Moriarty? Uh, Japan? Yeah. Reese Webb? That's, yeah. Reese Priestland? Because <sighs> he, was, he was left out of the wider squad. And Priestland, although he's one of those on and off fly halves, the experience is something that they are lacking. Obviously, they'll have a damn bigger, but other than that, what, a Sam Costello, a Patchell? I mean, Patchell's been there, done it, but you know what I mean? Like, the experience is lacking. Yep. Jonah Holmes. Again, Jonah Holmes wasn't going to go. I was going to say, you know, more of a third, fourth string choice. But because he plays for Ealing, he's not eligible. This next one hurts because how young he is. Joe Hawkins. Premiership. Because he signed for Chiefs. That's I that's the most stupid thing ever. Because Joe Hawkins, again, same as Will Rollins. And he's so young. Absolute standout player. Owen Watkin. Another standout player in the centres. Yep. We've then got Keelan Giles on the wing. Up and coming. Why is he out? Uh He's, yeah, he's still not being capped, and it just seems that he's always injured at the unfortunate times. 
And then lastly, you've already mentioned them, but he can play fullback apparently. Reese Patchell. Reese Patchell. Well, more often found that five half Patchell is an R who had more than a share of injuries in years now, 30 years old. Patchell's a free agent and has been linked with a move to a gen in France. Meaning you could not play for Wales. It, like and- it's worrying when you can make a full 15. And a full 15, might I say, that would be pretty competitive on the international setup. That that team would do that a job. A competitive team. Joe Watkins and Owen Watkins in the centre. Mm-hmm. Priestland at fly half. Webb at scrum half. Alan Jones and Will Rollins. and Alan Jones. Yeah, no, that's... Speaking of free agents, Spoo and Cossie. Yes, he has been released from the Bulls. I wonder why. Yes, listen, Spoo's <laughs> tenure with the Bulls was very short-lived. Um, the Bulls administration staff, their social media staff, put out a statement saying, uh, we thank Spoo and Kosti for all that he's com- uh, contributed to um, the, the Bull, Bulls franchise. Um, having uh, international quality player play for the Bulls has been an absolute honour. I think he played about three matches. Um, yeah, listen, Spoo, I think it's unfortunate, but I think the way that he's gone about it, whether or not, um, you know, we know that he's been struggling with other things off the pitch um, throughout the season. I mean, he did go missing for three weeks, literally missing. Um, and then after the Barbars game, he came out and made a statement, which wasn't targeted as so, but it was saying that it was nice playing for a team where, you know, he was essentially looked after and people listened to him. Um, you know, Jake White took that personally, came out with a statement essentially saying we're not happy with him for that, which fair enough, I can say. Um, yeah, it don't, yeah, don't look good on either end, really. No, listen. I don't really care that he's leaving the Bulls. <laughs> He'll, he'll get picked up by another team. Oh, Might I reckon he'd, he'll probably end up in a France or something. I think other South African teams, after his fallout with the Bulls, will be a bit hesitant to uh, sign a player who has a tendency to piss off for three weeks and then out um, the team he plays for, you know, publicly. But I'm sure a team, you know... Somewhere we'll pick Spoon Kossi up because he is a he is a quality player. Um, yeah. On to more potentially promising news. Um, it seems that Wes Kiss from London Irish could, is in the shortlist to be the Edinburgh head coach. Yeah. So Wes Kiss, he is he used to play rugby league. Meh. But then he became a coach working with the Springboks. Yep. Then Waratahs, he helped Declan Kidney help Ireland win the Grand Slam in 09. That's where you get the connection on the Irish. And yeah, he's, he seems to be doing all right for himself. He's also worked, uh, also fellow defensive specialist Marius Hussen, Yep. Work, who worked with Franco Smith yep. at Italy. Is also a candidate for Edinburgh. Just announce somebody, because you know what? Right, I'm just gonna say this as an Edinburgh fan. 
the Steve Diamond thing is weird. I'm not saying I don't like it, but if you if you want Steve Diamond, like Steve Diamond's looking after the, the team now through preseason. He has he's done interviews saying like what they want, what they want to achieve. It screams to me like he's a head coach. Yes. But he's not. Director, he, is he? No. He's like head consultant. Just make him head coach. Make him head coach. He's or for, he's, he's got the best CV for it. And sticking with Edinburgh, Mike Blair, who we all know has said that he's leaving, he is away to Japan with the Kabuto Spears. Kabuto Spears, yeah, I saw that. As the attack coach, that will benefit him massively. And who's he working under? Dave Rennie. Dave Rennie. That'd be an interesting setup. And I think for Mike Blair, taking a bit of the pressure off him, just let him get back to a purely coaching role. Um, will be ideal for him. I'm hoping that in a couple of seasons in Japan, he'll come back better than ever. And I can see him taking a head coaching role again, 100%. Because um, he is a quality coach. But again, you know, what happens off the pitch, we don't know. Um, and obviously, Edinburgh's drop-off in, in, in form has to affect a coach. You know, not only the players are affected, but... Uh, coaches held maybe more responsible by far than just the players. Um, so listen, for just for his benefit, I think great move for him. Um, mm. Completely different environment, um, a lot less pressure, a lot less expectation. Uh, I could see big things for him in in League One. Hundred percent. And, and the Spears are a quality setup. They've got some. They've got good players. Mm. They've got some. Like Smith name well. in one of them. Uh I know how you figured that one out there. Anyway, we have some awards. We've done our awards we for have. the end of the season. We did it on Instagram. A lot. Before Cam announces the winners, thank you to everyone that voted because there was a lot of people that voted, including one of the nominees, but she didn't vote for herself, so it was okay. <laughs> I thought that was quite funny. Anyway, Cam, will you do the honours, please? Uh, I will. Uh, bear with me because I'm fucking I'm bringing them up. <sighs> As you can to remember them off by heart. I can wait. So the RCP uh, awards we mm. had international male of the season, um, mm-hmm. and votes tallied the man himself, Anton Dupont, as. <laughs> Wow, what a shock. Could you believe it? Anton Dupont is the winner of the International Men's Award for the RCP. International Women's uh, Player of the Season, the girl herself, the absolute juggernaut, Marley Packer. International Woman of the Year, yes, even though they're all home nation based. But anyway, that's just because... At the end of the day, we were the ones that nominated the players, then put them into the poll. So we want we wanted it to keep an RCP theme to it. So we chose the players, and then we let you guys choose out of those. Yeah. Um, Premiership player of the season, very well deserved. Ollie Lawrence, a fan favourite, I think, through the whole season with neutrals and everything. Yep. Now, URC player of the season, this one, I think, got a bit of... Uh, controversy because he didn't play the whole season but 
Darcy there Graham. Only, there was also only two nominees for this award. There but. was only two nominees <laughs> because for some reason you, Anya, and Gemma all nominated Darcy Graham. Uh, but it's fine. Darcy Graham is our URC player of um, the season. And then you're going to help have to help me pronounce this first name because I struggle with it. Uh, our Premier 15s player of the season. Um, Ailey. I, what is it? Ailey. Ailey. Spelled E-I-L-I-D-H. Ailey, yeah. Ailey Sinclair. Ailey Sinclair. Yeah. Um, but then the big one. The team of the season. They won by a long side. Only two nominations being Munster and La Rochelle. There could only be one winner. No. La Rochelle are our team of the season. Well deserved. Magnifique. Uh, the only thing that would have made their season better was a top 14 title, but uh, Toulouse, uh, Roman Untermark said, no, 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 no. He uh, won the RCP award. That's all it was for. You won an RCP award. RCP awards are probably the pinnacle of uh, rugby awards as it goes. You've sort of got the Webb Ellis Cup. Then you've got RCP awards, but, you know, well done to all the players. I'm saying that as if they're really invested in this. It did make me laugh, though, when um, people were trying to give us stuck online, saying, oh, how original doing awards. Listen, every podcast, every team, Might every I just say podcast. that we've been doing RCP awards for ages? Yes, this is season three. So there's three years of RCP awards. So don't come Gosh. at us saying that we're just copying everyone else. Everyone else is copying us. Oh, I like to, like to point out, though, every podcast, every club, in every league, every newspaper that writes about sport, they all do end-of-season awards. Shut up! Amen, Murray. You fucking tell them. Now, yeah. on to, <laughs> I suppose, another form of awards. Instead of random game of the week, we thought, as the final episode of the season, it would only be fitting to choose our two favorite games of the season one being a neutral favorite neutral game of the season and then one being your favorite bias game of the season bias we'll start with the neutrals um, oh, you let me go first i've said it before my favorite neutral game of the season has to be the champions cup final between la rochelle and leinster that was the comeback of dreams, and it is a match that I could rewatch over and over and over again and still be entertained every single time because you just don't see a game like that every day. And for it to be a final in the greatest, most competitive club competition in world rugby and you know one of the best competitions in sport... Mm to have a final like that and an absolute emotional roller coaster like that and a game that made me feel sympathetic for Leinster it has to be a good game what about yours Murray? So I, I do actually really like that game but I'm not, I'm not going to be boring and pick the same game as you so I'm going to go very close I'm going to go for the top 14 final between Toulouse and Marichal just because you 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 want a moment that you will remember for a lifetime. And Romain Intimac 
saying, it's all right, boys, I've got this. Hold my With beer. 90 seconds on the clock. After he had the chance to kick for touch and made an absolute dog's breakfast of it, to do that against a very solid La Rochelle against team. Against the Champions Cup winners. And a team that basically made no mistakes in that game until that point. I would, yeah. I mean, listen, how do you defend that? How do you defend Roman Antimac just being world-class? Give him a mirror, because I feel like he would love himself. He would just stop and just... Do his hair. Yes. But yeah, that's my uh, neutral game, obviously. On to the juicy bit. And I'll let you go first this time, because I think I know exactly which game you're going to choose. Go on, then. I think you're going to choose... The Calcutta Cup game, Scotland <laughs> versus England. I'm not. I, I, I was going How to. Did you not. Okay. Well, can I have two then and be really, really biased? No. One country, one club. You choose one. Fine. One country, one club. Fine. Fine. God. There was a reason I was wanting two anyway, because one, I was actually there. Anyway, one, yes. Scotland, England, Duhan van der Merwe, try of the century. Yeah, uh, fair enough. Yeah, One of the best tries yeah. of the decade. He's a, well, we're only three years in, but yeah, sure. We'll take that. I'll take the try of the decade. <laughs> um, yeah, just four Calcutta Cups within five years. Back to back. Ah, it's just all giddy. I just wish England, hard. England are firmly inside of your back pocket. Uh, well, r- that try lives rent free in my head forever till the day forever. you enter the grave. That you is have that try. try. Moment. You will have that try on replay at your funeral. Yeah. <laughs> it will be the background and my first answer. My wedding. That won't be. But don't tell Rach that. <laughs> I was gonna say, please don't tell Rach that. We're all we're all romantic, and I look behind and I see. His- Duan van der Merwe. If, 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 if anything, it'll only make the, the moment more romantic, I'd say, with his luscious blonde locks absolutely running over English players left, right and centre. It's poetic. It's what, you ooh. know what? I'm going to take a bit of credit because we grew him. Yeah, but we made him. We produced him. Well, you, just, you, you just put a nice blue jersey on him. We made him. No, we made him. You just had them. Yeah, well, if it wasn't for South Africa, then you wouldn't have won the Calcutta Cup. (laughs) Anyway. My club club bias, purely because I was there, and if you go back to that episode, my heart was absolutely pounding that whole episode. I don't think I hosted that episode because my voice didn't come back. Champions Cup groups, Edinburgh versus Saracen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Just to think, I've beat Saracens and England in the same season. The club that you love the most beat the club that you hate the most. Yes, absolutely. How poetic. Love as it. a Scotsman as well, the pinnacle of life. And it was before, it was like a week before the Calcutta Cup. So it was like... You, you've, proper... you've, you've beaten Owen Farrell twice. In two weeks. <laughs> Twice in two weeks. Anyways, <laughs> I'll, I'm going to choose two then. That's fine. Um, mine also comes uh, a victory against England 
<laughs> South Africa versus England in the Autumn Nations. <sighs> after last year, they managed to get one up on us. Uh, after, might I say, a controversial yellow card on Sia Khaleesi. Oh, don't do it. We're not doing this now. They, they, they did manage to beat us. Fair credit to them. But we came back and we said, no, 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 no. You just, you remember where where your position is. Um, and yeah, just every moment of that game was just pure brilliance. Just the dominance left, right and centre. Malcolm Marks embarrassing Carl Sinclair with an absolute bone-crushing shot. Literally lifted Carl Sinclair out of the air. Um Kirtley Aronson's try from Damien Willemser to Vili LaRue to Kirtley, Steps Marcus Smith. Ah, oh, every moment of it was just, uh, just on my feet. Something about beating England just makes me happy. Um, as, a Scots, as a Scotsman, I can confirm. Yes. Yes, we have that in common. However, you're not going to like my, um, uh, my, my other bias one, my club bias one. It was the Sharks versus Edinburgh. Going over. Huh? I was there as well. You were there, going over to the dam health and ah, winning. You did not batter us. Do not give me. Batter you, but we beat you with not even our full strength squad. Yeah, well, it just tells you how good we were this season. (laughs) Well, there. And just memories from that game. Grant Williams just being the best scrum half in South Africa. To be fair, that's the day I met Neil Powell, so yeah. That, that is okay. true. Uh, Grant Williams just being the best scrum half in South Africa. Uh, Ox and Shea becoming uh, a 13 for a little bit and just running the line and having disgusting pace. Mahunu uh, yes. doing the same thing and almost scoring a try because apparently our props are now uh, just as fast as our backs. Yes. And Henry Emelman with the beautiful try in the corner. Which yeah. is right in front of me. There we go. Oh, it's all coming back to me now. Yeah. You, let me let me just flood those memories back to you. But uh, yeah, that and I think just the RCP bias because it means that I had one up on Murray. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Favorite. Well, actually, we're, if you think about it, on the RCP, we're all tied up because Edinburgh beat the Sharks last year in last year last season's URC. Um, the Sharks beat Edinburgh in this year's URC, and then obviously Harv not being with us anymore. But um, he's not Sharks, dead; he's just busy. Just he is busy. He he'll be back. Um, the Sharks beating Harlequins in, um, in Durban, and then mm. the Harlequins beating us. So we're we're all square. But Chiefs beat Quins. Oh no, because Quinn's beat cheap. Oh yeah, we are all level. Oh. We're all level. We're all yeah. square. There we go. Damn. No, but Scotland beat England. South Africa beat England. Harv's last. Just comes down to me and you. Yeah, but South Africa beat Scotland in Wait. last Wait. last year's Autumn Nations. You weren't even part of the show. To then. I know I was there. It just doesn't count because you weren't with us. Yeah, it counts. Um, mm. It doesn't. And it is. It's also. I'll have one up on, I suppose, everybody because we're going to win the World Cup and that's the biggest one-up. I still have a one-up on all of you because we are world champions, so... You are an absolute jokester. Okay, tell, you know, tell me who's going to win the World Cup then. Not South Africa. No, they are. The that's my answer. That means nothing to me. Oh, it does. 
the current compass is as relevant as the MLR in my eyes. I apologize, but there we go. That is disc- that the Curry <laughs> Cup is the oldest domestic rugby competition. I know, I just don't watch it. So this is how rad. dare you? How dare you slew a competition who has produced such brilliant international talents throughout the years? Okay. It's fine. Just just from just remember when we absolutely demolish you in the World Cup pool stages that all those players stemmed from the Curry Cup. Okay. So there's half of our players to be fair. So exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So have it, that, Murray. Do you have any more awards or moments? Um, quickly. Actually, I'm going to ask you because I'm the one that does them all. Go on. I'm going to. What is your favourite final whistle interview of the season? Not of all time, because it gets a bit strange. We've had some favourite final whistle. It's it's a toss up for me. Between club bias, both to Chamberlain, because um, yeah. we love Chamberlain, mm-hmm. uh, and I said it before. One of the episodes that I found most interesting was the interview with Ben O'Keefe, mm. and I've told you this many a time. I, that's, I, that's, I think that's the only final whistle episode that I've gone back and watched again. I th- in fact, I think I've watched it three times. Um. But yeah, yeah, that and the board to Chamberlain was up there. And now I will ask you, because you are the host of the final whistle, um, it's going to be a controversial one. And hopefully, um, you know, none of our get. Actually, can I add another one? I suppose it was an interview, but we were both there when uh, Byron came on as uh, a guest co-host. That that was, yeah, that's probably, yeah, that's my favourite episode. Because I loved... Uh, you know, making Byron hate me. Uh, it was great. I just love proving people wrong when people are like, you're not friends with Byron. Yeah, 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 I am. Yeah. Like top, top lad, Byron. We love Byron. I still chat to Byron every now and again. Yeah. When, when the Western Force or Connick lose. I'll say, so, ah! so what's the controversial question you want to ask me? Before the one I want to ask you, because you are the host and uh, you've made many a friend doing Final Whistle. You're tell me, Murray, <laughs> tell me, out of all of the, the brilliant guests that we've had on, you, you couldn't possibly pick one as your favourite, could you? But you have to pick one as your favourite. Which is your favourite Final Whistle you know episode? I'm going to pick one because it was one and done. I have not spoke to this person since. They are still one of my all-time favourite players. And just the fact that we managed to get him on for half an hour means so much. I'm going for Victor Matfield. There you go. Because I'm not you picking any... That. A Scotsman loving South African players. Oh, shush. No, but I just think, like, 10-year-old me is it's like... What? Yeah, to be fair, you like it's not often you get to sit down with a World Cup winner and possibly one of the best locks to go down in rugby history. I think legends and then friends is two very different categories. Yeah. So like there's one's final whistle I've made a lot of good friends from. I named <laughs> half of them at the start of this the episode. But there's also legends that, like I said, is one and done. I haven't spoke to since. So, Victor Matfield, 
Liam Messon, uh, David Campisi. We had David Campisi on this year for crying out loud. We did. Talk about legendary. Talk about controversy as well. I love him, but my God, he he was not scared of answering anything. But we love that. That's what you need sometimes. But yeah, that's that's my favourite guest because more Uh, because of reminiscing. But I'm not picking my favourite friend. Firm. Um, if any of our other guests are watching, um, what Murray has just said is that you are all irrelevant in his his experience of you know taking time out of your busy busy schedules and forcing you to talk to him for up to an hour at a time. Um, and he has chosen a man um, over all of you. So. Essentially, what Murray has just said, you're all trash. I'm only messing, but it's true. But okay, that's not even close. But there we go. We have, guess what? But there are more interviews coming because interviews will run separately. Say, yeah, what we will say is, although this is the end of the regular episodes for the season, uh, Murray is going to continue with the final whistle episodes. Um, we will be back with a regular season just before the World Cup at the tail end of the Rugby Championship in time to cover uh, the biggest competition that rugby knows. Um, but throughout uh, the gap in between seasons, Murray is going to be continuing with interviews. Um, both of us together are still, <coughs> excuse me, are still going to be doing content. Uh, we plan to do uh, game watch alongs on TikTok, live game watch alongs. Um, I'm sure there'll be other content to come as well. Um, so it's not like, you know, where we're going off the face of the face of the earth for two months. Um, you know, we just need to take, not even here. Yeah. We just need, need to take a couple of, you know, a little bit of time to just chill out. And, um, ah, and if we were to, if we were to keep going, you're clutching at straws. Oh uh, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, you've got what well, we got now, the under twenties and the European sevens. Well, no disrespect, I'll probably be watching most of it, but I'm not enough to not watching it in depth to talk to you, lovely people, with about, yeah. yeah. I mean, I've managed to make it through this season, especially the start of the season, with managing to talk about Premiership without watching much of it. Well, that, I mean, this is actually your inaugural season with RCP, so it how is. have you... Yeah, I, I feel like I've been here for longer, but this is the end of my first season. It's been a long season. It has been a very long season. And we've next season, I feel, is just going to be longer because we've got so much. It's a World Cup year, Murray. So is this the that... first World Cup for the RCP? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First World Cup. Um, so if you have somehow missed this whole season, one... Where the fuck have you been? True. Come on now. It's disrespectful, if anything. We started very early last season, which we've learned not to do again. Yes, because we had to talk about NPC for like four weeks. Four weeks clutching his trousers. Like, yeah, man, <laughs> not, just not. Of being the only enthusiast. Um, no, I enjoyed NPC, but just not really talking about it. I enjoy watching it, but I get, yeah, like I've just said about under 20s and 7s. Yeah, I'll watch it, but I'm not. My task for next season is to get you to show the Curry Cup a bit of respect. Okay. Um, but next season, we are going to be covering top 14. 
Which is a first for the LCP. The final convinced us completely. So, yeah. But um, if you've missed us this whole season, for shame. Yeah, shame on you. But we have covered... I'm going to try and rattle them off. In order and off by heart. NPC, URC, Premiership, Autumn Internationals, Super Rugby, Six Nations, TikTok Six Nations, uh, Champions and Challenge Cup, respectfully. Um, then, because of Random Game of the Week, we have dabbled in Super Rugby Americas, Curry Cup, MLR, Japanese League Top uh, League One, and the Kenyan Cup for some reason. Yes. Uh, and and we covered uh, rugby championship. Haven't mentioned that. Oh, we done all that and that's oh uh, yeah right. Cool. That is sixteen separate competitions that we have covered. Oh, Clapped. and the sevens. And seven, yeah. Get that clipped. And we've had guests from World Cup winners to fresh up and comers to new signings, to cult heroes, to referees, to some of the biggest names in the women's game, some of the seventh circuit. What Why a season this has been. I don't want to be anywhere else. And guess what? Like I said... What other podcasts are you watching? What are you, what are you watching? Joe Rogan? Stop that. Stop it. Joe, Joe Rogan's got enough money and talks absolute waffle half the time. I like Joe yeah. Rogan. Yeah, I love Joe Rogan, but he doesn't cover rugby. So watch us instead, where we, we talk a lot of waffle and a lot of shit, but we talk it about rugby, so it's better. That's better, yeah. And also, you, you get to watch uh, a South African and a Scotsman just argue for, you know, at least yeah. 50% of the time. It's going to get heated in season four. Oh, yeah, no. We, we, honestly, the I... The first I, few weeks especially. Just first few knocked. weeks, you know, at least when Scotland get knocked out of the pool stages, then we can be friends again. But wait a minute, why do we have to get knocked out? Why can't Ireland go out? We can when Scotland get knocked out of the pool. Shut up, listen. We can just be realistic through. here. I'm, I'm being realistic. You are going out. Bugger you. We're not going out, Murray. We're, we're, we're already, we're already we're starting. stopping the pool. <laughs> <laughs> you laugh at that. I don't, I don't know how you laugh at that. Someone for a top of the pool. Watch this, Tonga and fucking... Tonga are going to beat Scotland. I hope Tonga run right around you. I hope Israel Folau plucks out the sky and jumps over Cheslin Colby. I hope Oxenshay physically eats Darcy Graham, just consumes him. You know what? Just because you keep taking the piss, I hope that Scotland score a try against South Africa and it's off a rock that Pierre Schumann has turned over. WP now pops it out. It goes to Hugh Jones, who played for the Stormers, and then it goes to Duhan van der Merva to finish it. And then Carl Stein comes in for the celebration. Celebration. Way! Yeah. I suppose in the one in seven trillion chance that Scotland somehow make it to the final and win it, um, I mean, it's it's basically another World Cup for South Africa. Ah, uh, that will be the joke. You do realize that that will be the jokes. It will be. It'll just they they might as well etch South Africa onto the the Web Ellis Cup again. S S S S A A. 
it's gonna be a it's gonna be a new winner. It's gonna be a first timer. No, it's not. It's gonna be it's gonna be the Springboks. And if it's not the Springboks, it's gonna be either the Wallabies or the All Blacks. Or Scotland. We have a good a chance as anyone. Anyway, so as you can see, Murray's not very good at comedy. So we're gonna end it there. Thank you guys for joining us for the entire season. Um, for those of you who have stuck around, um, you know, on our TikTok, watch the episodes, watch the interviews, interacting with us on uh, our Instagram, the polls and everything, taking part uh, in the RCP awards and the end of year awards that we did as well. And just and for your decision on what country you had to represent in the Six Nations. Thank you yeah, for that as well. Actually, no, I despise all of you for making me represent Wales in the Six Nations. Don't do that again. In fact, next season, I'm if, if I have to represent Wales again, I'm just going to boycott the Six Nations. You don't mean that. You're and it's just going to be Murray sitting here on his own, twiddling his thumbs. Because we've got an article cut a cut, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for watching the season. And we will be back with you um, in time for the World Cup. When South Africa win it. Thank you very much. You might have to for right now. It's over. South Africa win the World Cup. Enjoy next season when I take over the RCP because I'll be the world champion. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Bye.